Episode of the Opvac Cast. Joining me today, I've got Adam Myros. Hey, Steve. Hey, Myros. How you feeling? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Would you say your motor's revved up? Uh, no. I I don't know if I go so far as that. Oh, Jesus! Come on, man. A little energy here. Oh, Lord. They got dogs barking. We got the, the dogs. Background. We got the dogs. Jesus. My dogs are fighting. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Uh, he's a professional dogfighting ring owner. Jake Trapila's here. Hey, keep it at down out there, you mutts. Hey, uh, what's up, everyone? How you doing? I'm here. Let's do this dance. <laughs> and straight from the in-laws, it's Jack. Uh, yeah, that wasn't much of a setup. That doesn't leave me with a lot to work with. I mean, I, I just... How I guess you... I've just... I'm back from La Familia. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good way of putting it, man. Because, uh, you know, family's everything. Uh, and then also we've got Sean Glynis. Yes, I am here, brought to you by NOS Energy Drink. I knew it. I knew it. That's how you get up in the morning, baby. Slam a NOS. Pour the rest in your fucking engine. Just go. <laughs> Anyways, in case you, you didn't notice already by either the title of the podcast, the description, the image, or you know, maybe you're blind or a complete <laughs> idiot, uh, we're going to be talking about the Fast and the Furious franchise because there's another, an eighth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise that's coming out. So we decided, because we're masochists, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch every single one of the Fast and Furious movies. But, based on our previous, uh, you know, podcasts, interactions, things that we've done of this vein, we know that we can spend a long time talking about a lot of movies. Just, you know, God, listen to our Oscar podcast. We didn't want to go through that again. We didn't need another situation where we're talking about Hacksaw Ridge for an hour. God help us. So, in to Hextot, to Ridge. <laughs> in the two interest, hidden, two fences. <laughs> Jesus Christ! In the interest of brevity, and well, uh, took your drift. because everybody loves a good gimmick, what we're going to be doing is we're going to give each Fast and Furious movie ten minutes of our time to discuss. So expect a lot of people talking over each other. It's going to be really great, awesome listening. Uh after 10 minutes, I have a buzzer that I downloaded to my phone that also has a lot of pop-up ads, so maybe you'll hear a buzzer, or maybe you'll hear like an ad for Viagra, because there's a lot of sexy ads coming up on here. I don't know what that means. Is that a reflection of my browsing habits? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, after 10 minutes, I'll buzz, and then we automatically move to the next movie. So, we're going to start with the very first Fast and Furious movie. It was released in 2001. It's kind of homophobic, and Paul Walker has instant ramen hair. If you were to ask me... 15 years ago, 16 years ago, whenever this came out, that this would be the beginning of a major, like, tentpole franchise, I would have laughed in your face. This is so wildly... The story of a girl. Uh, this is the story of a girl. Yeah, that's it. Uh, where were you in 1998? So, it's aggressively dumb, and there's all this, like, machismo behind it and this is one of the few movies in the franchise that really 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 just wants to like jerk off the whole car culture thing way into the car culture uh it's a little bit better than i thought just because it's so fucking serious 
Like it, it, it thinks it's the shit, and it's clearly not. Um, and it's also needlessly convoluted in the best ways humanly possible. I mean, why can't Steve, they just I, be guys who race cars? They're not. They have to get involved with like gangs and shit. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. I like um, that you pronounce machismo as if it's like mon pa kettle. <laughs> what do you mean? Machismo, like machismo. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's exactly that's it. Quite the thing to stick on. What a terrible <laughs> pronunciation. I, I'm not lingering on him. I said I like it. Listen, listen. I can't, We're not I can't here to discuss my long vowels, you it's not asshole. Machismo, it's machismo. It's the same fucking thing. Uh, well, either way, it's, it's loaded with it. Uh, did any of you guys actually see this movie before we actually had to watch it for the podcast? Or was, were you guys all watching the first Fast and Furious for the first time? Oh, many, many times. Uh, I've also I've seen, seen Point Break. In high school. Sure, yeah. In high school, this is the thing you had to see, right? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, I didn't saw see this in high like, school. what, 2002-ish, a year after it came out? That's... And- Never since, until just... Uh, I actually watched it on the director's birthday. I didn't even realize it. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. It was a special on day his, for both of you. Yeah, I just realized, like, an IMD, I watched it, I believe, his 68th birthday, or maybe his... Yeah, probably his 68th birthday. Rob Cohen's, or whatever the hell his name is. So, big Marthy occasion with, with, you know, one of his masterpieces. <laughs> Can any of you yeah, guys... Oh, go ahead, Jake. I didn't see this until the eve of the fifth one, which was in, like, 2010... Because these two film bros I, I worked with said, oh, man, you haven't seen the movie that defines our generation in film here. And the next day he brought me a copy and I watched it. That's and awesome. Them and I've, with seen a hammer. <laughs> I've seen it a couple of times since. But no, it is not a very good movie. No. And, it, okay, so, and here's the other thing that really stuck with me when I was watching uh, Fast and Furious 1. It actually reminds me a lot of the Triple X movie that just came out in 2016 or 2017. Uh, yeah, I could see that. It's just so, so wildly stupid. But I, I feel like it, with with Triple X, it was a little bit more winky and nudgy with it. Whereas this, I, I don't think I've ever seen something this dumb play it so straight. You know? Well, Steve, just so you know, uh, The Fast and the Furious is directed by Rob Cohen, who also directed the first Triple X film, who is also a certified idiot when it comes to filmmaking. Well, there you go. He's that also, explains a lot. He's also the pizza man in the, in the opening sequence of this movie. He gets, gives himself a little cameo to get himself in among all those sexy young people in their car culture. <laughs> That's ah, right. A little nod to uh, Hitchcock. Yeah, he even points <laughs> yeah. himself out in the director's commentary. He says, oh, this guy we hired is an asshole. And, but he knows oh, that's... That's clever, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sean's right. I mean, all those fucking movies and Hitchcock with a pizza in hand and every single one of them. <laughs> That's my I favorite part of the birds. Uh... When the birds come down, they eat all the pepperoni off the pizza. <laughs> no, I think Gets Hitchcock ate the pizza right before he walked in front of the camera. Yeah, I think Same that's difference. True. He was still on his person. <laughs> all I'll say is, is that if this is analogous to uh, the Triple X film that came out this year, then it says... Uh, a good deal about the current state of pop music having grown tremendously in the past 15 years because <laughs> Jesus Christ, the soundtrack to The Fast and the Furious is like yeah. ear cancer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is the worst part. But I think we have some good um, analogies uh, uh, or analogous like uh, uh, films for a few of these. And I think for this one, it's definitely Point Break, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is Point Break remake before they remade Point Break. No question. Yeah, I, I was, oh, I was and just it's about a better to remake on that. than this the, is Point the Broke. actual remake. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious how it, it, it really feels like there was just a bunch of studio guys in a room, 
and one of them said, man, I wish we could do another, like, big, like, you know, edgy, extreme action film. But, like, surfing is so 90s. What do we do? It's the new millennium. And then someone raises their hand. They go, cars. And then just, boom, that's it. Because that's all it is. You replace surfing with cars. And that's what this is. This is point break, but shitty. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, I think it's carried like the reason it's a little better than I remember being in high school is probably just due to a couple performances like Vin Diesel. This is one of the few times where I can kind of see why he became a movie star. He's quite a compelling presence in this film, I think. And you're always going to get a, a great performance in, a, in the Gary Busey role from uh, Ted Levine. And uh, yeah, Ted Levine's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, okay. he's, he's, there's a few charming performances yeah. in this, which is more than there's, we could say in some of these going forward. I yeah, have, I have a question. Movie, I was just saying, this, this movie is also a little... Into, what I thought was interesting about this movie, in the midst of it being not very good, but also not as bad as I remember it being, um, the one thing that did strike me about this, and also Triple X, I think it's the same idea, is that it's a film that unusually kind of sets itself up that Paul Walker, who rides in as the undercover cop, is like an emissary of almost like white culture and he's an outsider and this is a film that sets itself up immediately with being with an ethnic minority kind of milieu it's it's all hispanic asian cultures mixed up i thought that was interesting touch certainly in 2001 that seemed like it's not yeah. a very common thing that it was the 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 police are the kind of uh, what we say establishment paul walker manages to transgress in there but everyone else pretty much in the movie is is not white it- is there any coincidence you guys think that uh, he's the only one that died in real life? What? Yeah, that <laughs> yes, was... I... <laughs> well, it's the only thing that makes sense. That, I believe. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so b- before we move on to the next movie here, uh, I-, I need you guys to clear this up for me because I-, I couldn't figure it out. You mentioned Vin Diesel gives a great performance. There's someone who doesn't really give a very good performance. Uh, and it's not really her fault because her character is more oh, of a man. shell than an actual person. And that's Michelle Rodriguez uh, as Letty, which is Dom's she girlfriend. Plays, she plays the ultimate female, though, in this movie. Because it's Fast and Furious movie, I couldn't help but notice there's, there's uh, there are motifs within the franchise. One of the motifs is girls making out with each other. That yeah. occurs constantly, and it takes five of the films before they stop doing that. Also, also, uh, don't forget uh, slow motion lady butt shakes. That's that's a thing, yeah, too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. another thing. But, but uh-huh. Letty, Michelle Rodriguez's character, I think, is established as the, the perfect girl <clears throat> for the for the mind for for the audience of, of Fast and Furious franchise because her first like introduction or near enough when when Paul Walker goes to his house party Vin Diesel's house party Michelle Rodriguez is lying on the floor playing a video game I think she's even yeah. playing like the original Gran Turismo on PlayStation yeah. and it's like yeah. yeah that's a girl you'd want to marry yeah and yeah. you know she, and, and she went games. on she went on to replicate this role uh, the following year in Blue Crush. Uh, point Break for Girls. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Well, God, there's no two ways about it. Michelle Rodriguez is consistently terrible in everything she does. Yeah, she really yeah, is. And, and so there's there's two things about this. Like like Jack said, she's kind of set up as this ideal girlfriend because, you know, she does things like drive a car and have sex with Vin Diesel. So that's what I usually look for in a woman. Uh, but yeah. the thing that drove me nuts, and I, I could not just, like, get this unstuck from my head... Every single time the camera is just on her, she looks like she's going to throw up. Like her mouth is always open, and she looks like she's gagging at, at every single moment. 
Well, you did say she has to have sex with Vin Diesel. Like, that's the character's headspace <laughs> she's in. <That's... laughs> she's just exhausted. Okay, guys. Ten uh, minutes wait, wait, wait. Cuff, I want to read a quote. All right, read it. You got 30 seconds. Ooh, story right. time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to frame the most famous quote from this film. I think it's going to frame us going forward as to uh, how this film doesn't really make sense in the direction of where it went. Uh, so I was going to pull up this most famous quote. Instead, I stumbled upon the second listed quote out here, and I feel like I need to read that one too, which is, why don't you try Fat Burger from now on? You can get yourself a cheese and fries for two ninety five, faggot. That's the second, <laughs> second listed quote. Yeah, well, I, I told you that's how I introduced this movie. It's it's like aggressively homophobic wow. in the first five minutes. So too yeah. fat, too yeah, burger. The, the, big, the big quote though is, uh, "I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters. Not the mortgage. Not the store. Not my team and all their bullshit. For those ten seconds or less, I'm free." And this is from Vin Diesel. A man who uh, might not uh, have that philosophy what a different writer gets behind the uh, pen. Yeah, now he looks like because he's going through change, Myros. Yeah. Well, now he looks like he lives his life. Now he looks like he lives his life. Oh God, it's stuck. The buzzer's stuck. Okay, we're good. Uh, (laughs) And that's time. That 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 went well. Uh, (laughs) That's our first quarter mile up. (laughs) Okay, uh, we're 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 moving on. We're moving on. It's the sequel. It's from two thousand. Three, I think. I don't have IMDb in front of me. It's too fast. It's too furious. Is there too much Tyrese Gibson in this movie, Sean Glynnis? Absolutely not. Ooh. So how's that Tyrese? <laughs> I I just found myself uh, really enjoying him. So the thing about Too Fast, Too Furious um, is that it feels like a B movie even more than the first one did. And, uh, and as far as like a part of like this universe, it, it it's weird. Cause it, it feels like it's obviously a part of the same universe as the first one, but it feels like it's on like some like alternative timeline or like, uh, it feels like, you know, part of an anthology series or something like that. And because it's like this B movie, uh, sort of like paratext kind of thing. Um, Tyrese like really sort of hamming it up. Uh, I think it does it. I think it fits well. Um, I think I think it just it feels welcome to me, and it also just sort of like livened up things. But uh, yeah, well, this, the, uh, the film's gotten for me going back to like my my point with Fast and Furious is that it was like it established that white people were like the outsiders into this whole subculture that kind of thrived in in the greater Los Angeles area or whatever. And then Too Fast Too Furious, it's back to like Paul Walker is a cop. He enlists his black best friend to help him out it's and it kind of like well, i feel this this is a misstep on many levels as i'm sure we'll cover but i just felt like it, the one interesting part of the first movie they screwed that up almost instantly well he's not a cop he's a fugitive on the run and the cops yeah, bring him in yeah but but he's and they're cop. not best friends they become yeah. best friends and it's like paul walker's trying really hard to appropriate black culture into his life i mean you know aren't we all but yeah i, I think the the, uh, the <laughs> The bigger problem with this movie, uh, because this is the story of a girl. No, uh, this is uh, obviously the worst uh, one, I think, unanimously almost, like the worst one. Um, but I, I, I still enjoy it. It's kind of like the Harry Potter series where like the first two are obviously the worst, but I'll still watch them and be like, this is fine. But um, this well, series has well, Cole Hauser as the villain. What were you going to say, Jack? 
Well, as, yeah, as I said, like the the villain is yeah the villain is terrible. What what struck me was interesting about this movie is that I swear the racing in this movie gets in the way of the movie, which is kind of weird when it's a movie that's supposed to be about car racing. Except how- the the car diversion scene, I think, is fantastic. Actually, I think it's one of the better set pieces. I think it's fun and it's interesting and and it's different. Um, Sean, where all the all the cars come flooding out of the garage. Is it fair to say that that you're an apologist for Fast and Too Fast Too Furious because you drive oh, yeah. a car with tinted windows? <laughs> yeah. Are you a car uh, bro at heart? A secret car bro? Except one of them got uh, shot out um, by BB gun. Oh, but wow. um, that's part of the lifestyle you live. I bet well, Dom would just Dom doesn't even roll down his windows. He just punches them out because he doesn't give a fuck. That's true. But I mean. <laughs> Don't do other of you, do the rest of you not? Like, what is your assessment of this car diversion scene? Because I think this is the best part of the movie. It's probably the best part, but I think it's it's probably because it's the only part where a lot of actual cars show up in one scene in the movie. A yeah, lot it's of like driving be, and shit. Yeah, th- a lot of this movie looks to be not, like, I'm. it's hard for me to recall if it's just really poor practical effects work. Like, parts of it just look like it's Tyrese, and but like particularly the big car jump scene, it looks like it's just Paul Walker and Tyrus Gibson in like a cut outside view of yeah. a car that you use in Which a kid's school play and they just shoot them in there. It's like really awkward. The car <laughs> diversion scene at least has cars in it. Right. But that's it's it's weird because this one doesn't look very good, but it had literally twice the budget uh, as the first one. And it also had a more experienced or at least uh, on paper, more knowledgeable director in John Singleton, who made one of the best American movies of the 90s. Yeah, so it's quite it's a odd. Tragedy. It's a tragedy all around, pretty much. <laughs> oh, what do you guys feel about Eva Mendez's uh, one uh, effort in the franchise? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I think the Forgettable. problem. Crickets. You know what's the problem with this film? <laughs> I think a problem with this film is that maybe the best actor in the whole cast is fucking Mark Boone Jr. That's a problem for your fucking film. <laughs> what about James Remar? Oh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> well, I mean, not, nothing in this movie makes sense. Like the villain is Cole Hauser's villain. He just he's he's just a man in a suit. There's nothing interesting about him as a villain, and no. his purposes make no sense. He hires Paul Walker and Tyrus Gibson. Pithy. He, he's pithy. He's pithy, Jack. That's yeah, his superpower. He, sure, that's he's yeah. I don't remember anything he said in this movie, so he's very <laughs> pithy. But like, he hires these guys. He's these do. Paul Walker and Tyrus Gibson were like brought in to to because the police can't crack it, and he hires them to run error like run a race for him to prove you know he needs the best drivers, and then he keeps he hires them because they're the best people who can do the job, and then he keeps insisting his dumbass assistants go with them everywhere and double cross and fuck them over <laughs> constantly, which makes no sense. Like this movie makes no sense. No no part of it. the story doesn't work. The characters don't work. Vin Diesel wouldn't show up in this movie, and if. I would say more than anything, you t- Adam, you talk about the actor, you know, poor acting. Vin Diesel wouldn't be in this. That's yeah. a bad song. <laughs> yeah, he jumped ship to do his triple X movie with Rob Cohen. It's weird that Rob Cohen's movie was like made for half the budget of Too Fast, Too Furious, but Too Fast, Too Furious looks like aggressively cheaper than the first film. Like the lighting is ugly. Uh, and yeah, the whole thing looks are... like a soap opera. Yeah, everyone is just so super lit with the with these lights. Yeah, everyone's Fucking... like 
cut out from the background. Like they, they all have this like it's like there's an arc light shining behind them, like just this <laughs> horrible three point lighting just cutting them out from their background. It looks awful, and it's it's weird because the first movie had. What almost it reminded me of, uh, like, it's about 2008, I guess, the Speed Speed Racer movie from the Wachowskis, which actually was a surprisingly good film, visually at least. It had some really interesting elements to it. Speed Racer almost preempted, or Fast and Furious almost preempted that in its very early racing scenes, and never, and then it kind of lost the ground. Too Fast, Too Furious does it again. It kind of, the first early scenes, it's got that sense of speed and kind of cartoon uh, kind of velocity to everything, and then just kind of peters out and, and just turns into really boring kind of nondescripts well, don't work just cars driving fast I, th- I think it just doesn't have like a unifying like the franchise especially but even within this film at this point didn't have a unifying aesthetic mm-hmm. well no. let's, let's say they did introduce uh, Ludacris uh, as yeah. a guy who just ran a car racing ring and never drove a car wasn't known for driving He's a lovable, car lovable though and also was not a super computer hacker either but uh you know, he's, he's here. a mechanic, right? I feel bad he's, for Ja Rule. He's the guy. <laughs> what about Ja Rule? What about both of the cast of the first movie? They, they, they're supposed to be La Familia, and then they just are unceremoniously just La dumped. fucked off. And guys, how can we forget the compelling screen presence of Devin Aoki? Oh, yeah. What happened to her? I thought her and, uh, and Ludacris were gonna last yeah, man she, she was awkward actually in the movie because it was like they were bringing in i guess she was like the letty surrogate uh michelle rodriguez she was like the kick-ass girl but she rides the car but she never really wins any car races and then while all the other guys are like tweaking the cars and the engines and you know talking car shop stuff she's like designing a logo and painting it on the side of the car like so, she's she's immediately distanced from all the other people as being like she's they just keep her around because she's like good at art and her car is pink, of course. Oh, of course. You, you gotta do of that. Of course, naturally. Makes perfect sense. Oh, uh, Tom Perry is pretty good in it. <laughs> I think you're grasping at straws here, Sean. Here, let me help you out. <laughs> another time, another <laughs> one. Why did they bring him back and not, and not Ted Levine? Oh. Let me tell you why, Myros. That's why. Love that buzzer, God damn it. Fast and Furious 3. It's actually just called Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. It's the one starring a 35-year-old man as a high school kid. And it answers <laughs> the age-old question. What happened to Brad from Home Improvement? <laughs> Myros? Uh, you're giving Lucas Black too much guff about his age. He's, he's like 35 yeah. now. Listen, that... that, that 30, yeah, yeah, he's 35 now. I'm sorry. I was judging him based on his hairline, okay? That's... <laughs> The guys I mean, if you shit. want to judge him based on his acting ability, then fire away, because he's yeah. one of the least charismatic leads you'll ever see in a film. He actually is 24. That's not too bad. He reminds me of... Uh, I'm going to assume Brad from Home Improvement was significantly older. That's probably true. <laughs> Let's take a look. Uh, oh, and don't forget, Little Bow Wow drives an incredible a Hulk year. minivan in this. Um, so Yeah, it's incredible Hulk minivan. Uh, oh, oh, man. God, this I love... The oh, picture Jesus. of uh, Zachary Ty Bryant, like his his He's headshot on IMDb, <laughs> it looks like he was uh, just auditioning for the part of Drive or Driver in Drive. <laughs> he looks like Dolph Lundgren or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, Adam, why is this the best one in the series? 
Because it has nothing to do with the series, and the series is shit. And this is <laughs> just like <laughs> this is just like a one-off car movie where people go and race, and it's pretty stupid. But at least it's just like a basic racing movie and kind of fun and mildly distracting. Someone, someone is not believe it God damn no, it. seriously, to, uh, Tokyo Drift just it sets me. I just had to. I just torture a cat for a while there just to, <laughs> Jack, to did you and holly out. move to chicago because you bought a zoo with matt damon <laughs> you found my secret i, I didn't it. buy the zoo i stole it from matt damon and he's buried underneath it that's fair too um, I, thought I, I hadn't seen tokyo Drift. like i didn't really remember anything from it um so it was kind of like the first time seeing it uh and I thought so. It opens up on Lucas Black in high school, and then it gets kicked out and shipped over to Tokyo. But um, I thought it it would have made a really good prequel about um, Paul Walker's character and sort of learning how to drive and 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 all that stuff. But oh uh, yeah, no, that would have made it's way not. More it sense. turns into Lost in Translation, the high school version room, or something. Room edition. It's just it is literally the Karate Kid Part Two. It's almost the exact same <laughs> movie as the Karate Kid Part Two, it or the really remake are. with Jaden Smith. Well, I haven't seen that, but you know, it's explain, the one where they go to, to Japan. How it's... it's it's very very similar in structure uh, to that film, which is a kind of fun, slight cheesy film. As is this, it's got Han, which is one of the very best recurring characters. Apparently, so good they they needed to retcon this film out of the timeline so they could bring Han back for the sequels. But uh, oh, we'll get into yeah, that. It's got Sonny Chiba. Sonny <laughs> Chiba's uh... awesome. Yeah, well, it it's doing the longest parable in history of parables. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a dumb movie, but it's like okay. something I could watch when it's on TV. I'll pop this on. I'm not going to oh, say that about imp- most of these other ones. There's one other the important one thing. The important thing about it is that it has like a nice, fresh aesthetic that seems cohesive, and it makes sense why they would have kept him around for the rest of the series. Sure. Him being Justin Lin. Justin Lin, yes. the yeah, yeah, this is his first uh, foray. It's true. Yeah. Technically, technically, we can probably link this film into the Taiwanese New Wave, which is not something I was expecting. Who shall stand or Justin Lin? Which way are we going here? <laughs> one is fast. One is not fast at all. But what, what struck me about uh, Tokyo Drift uh, is that it's probably the least realistic film out of the entire franchise. I mean. Sure, they do some Drift pretty zany stuff in the later ones, but honestly, a bunch of high schoolers running cars in Tokyo, that's ridiculous. No one could afford that. They can't afford it. <laughs> it makes how no come, sense. How come they never drift again? They drift like they did last summer? No, uh, no, no. Uh, like, seriously, like, how come... I know that you drifted series, last summer. <laughs> well, cause I, I still know that you drifted last summer. Uh, we we know that Vin Diesel has things, the capacity. Well, the things it doesn't make any sense because it like it's kind of stupid because the first movie, the first two movies are basically I can go in a straight line really quickly, and then three <laughs> is I can go around a corner while maintaining a certain amount of speed, and I think for most driving people, both of those things are things drivers You're need to be sad. able to do. So this it's weird they it took them three movies to incorporate the entire skill set of driving. Turning and a then corner. From, yeah, and then by by part four they put it together and had cars that both went fast in straight lines and also sometimes turned. 
Yeah, the problem is Vin <laughs> Diesel couldn't have like his giant dick American muscle car if he was doing some drifting because you can't true. do that. Can't yeah, do well, it. Yeah, well, he does later on. It's, it's his his American muscle wins every time, which it makes no sense to me because no, that no, no way doesn't help. make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it's pretty weird here because they gave Lucas Black's character like they, they teach him how to drift by giving him like uh, I can't remember, it's like a. I can't remember what kind of car it is, but it's four-wheel drive. I think, yeah, it's like a and, Mitsubishi Lancer or something, and it's like it's a four-wheel drive car, which I wouldn't have thought would be ideal for drifting, but I don't know. I maybe, think it would probably be nearly impossible to, to drift in a yeah, four-wheel you, drive. Yeah, you would need and like a rear-wheel drive car. Okay, so yeah. here's here's what I don't understand. So we have we have Lucas Black's character, the, the fucking Hayseed Magoo or whatever. Uh, which, barely have Lucas Black as yeah, a character. He's, he's sort of there. He's, he's a little catatonic, but if you haven't seen this movie, imagine if you've seen the movie Varsity Blues and you take James Vanderbeek's character and then you have Vin Diesel hit him in the head with a pipe wrench. That's who this Pretty guy much, is. Yeah. Sans whipping cream. Yeah. Yeah. Whip- this this yeah. movie has uh, – what I really like about this movie is it basically boils down to a vendetta with the Yakuza and the Yakuza <laughs> decide to settle it by racing a high schooler. And the high schooler wins the race and the Yakuza are like, well, fair's fair. We'll back off. Yeah, and that's the movie. That's literally okay. it. That's the conclusion. So here's Are you the asking big me question. why I like this movie? That sounds like the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, one of the refreshing things is that uh, they don't rely on like you know shifting into eighth or ninth gear or like hitting Nos at the right time. Like that sort of ran its course. Okay, I need my question, question answered. Here. I need my goddamn question answered. When what he's learning it? how to drift, he literally destroys someone's car. And throughout the movie, mm-hmm. this hayseed idiot who doesn't know how to drift <laughs> is repeatedly given incredibly nice cars, like $100,000 cars. Why? How? How is how uh, is Because they see him Han. as the prophet. Yeah, because Han has a shit ton of money from a previous heist, and he's bored, probably. He just wants to see this dump truck fucking idiot do that <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> That's that's a that's fair. I I'll buy that. Maybe they want. Maybe they see talent in him, and they really want to take down TD. I wonder what or happened DK to Zachary Ty Bryan. Donkey Kong. Do you think Zachary Donkey Ty Bryan's going to be back in the eighth movie? TK. He looks I like he hit right in. He's been hitting the gym, man. I think he'd, he'd fit in. Man, what if there was like an action-packed Muscle Boy movie that starred Carrot Top and Zachary Ty Bryan? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and. Ty, uh, what's his name? Ty Wennington or something? Ty Pennington. Directed by Ty West. No, the guy from Move That Bus. Extreme. That's Ty Pennington. What does Move That Bus have to do with it? (laughs) This this movie teaches us valuable lessons about courting as well, because the first scene basically is a girl betting herself as the prize in a race that Lucas Black partakes in, and then he goes to Tokyo, and the first thing that happens is another girl offers herself up as the prize in a race. That happens a lot throughout this whole series, but yeah, you're right. Like The opening scene, Zachary Ty Bryan is just like, I play football, you're old, and he's like, I'm not old, I'm actually only 17. And then the girl's just like, whoever wins this race gets all my sex parts, and that's just, that happens all the time. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Let's move on. (laughs) 
It's the fourth movie in the series, and it does a few things that really piss me off. First of all, it's just called Fast and Furious instead of Fast and Furious 4. Why would you just call your movie Fast and Furious when you have another movie in the series called The Fast and the Furious? Also, this movie decides that, you know what? The Fast and Furious universe, it needs a nonlinear timeline. Let's, let's make that a thing. <laughs> Jack, explain this to me. Um, well, uh, there's money, at, and when a man wants to make a lot of money, sometimes he invests in a movie, and they just reboot the whole thing, and that's what happened here, pretty much. This, this is the redeeming of the Fast and the Furious franchise. And I don't mean redeeming in that it's good, because it isn't, but the redeeming of it, reestablishing it, resetting whoa, whoa, whoa. it. They, Sean, shut up. This is not, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good movie, but shut it down. is better than all the previous movies. So that, that, your mileage may vary and may want to, I don't know, NOS may be involved as well. I, I don't actually know. hate this one this, the most. No, this, it's not, it's like, this isn't a bad movie per se. Like, it's not awful, but it's just really bland again. But it does, it gets it right because it gets back Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and it recenters them and it kind of turns it away from just driving fast on the streets because they start to realize that just there's only so much you can do to help the world by challenging street rats to fucking car races. <laughs> and this Says movie. You. This, yeah, this movie kind of comes back to, no, we, we, it gets back to the heist aspect from the first Fast and the Furious. You know, they kind of lost sight of that in the in the subsequent ones. Like the first Fast and Furious, they were jacking DVD players because uh, that was high tech <laughs> back then. Uh, those, that movie's not aged well on that front. So it gets back to that kind of heist element and involves... There were also TV slash VCR like combos. Oh man, those those things are badass. But if one breaks and the whole unit's useless. So, you know, may, maybe they were a bit dumb to be jacking all that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, so Fast and Furious involves running tunnels into Mexico from... <laughs> someone's allergic to this one. Yeah, it gave me yeah. hives. So, yeah, but anyhow, Fast and Furious, it kind of resets the, the, the whole thing. It's got, it, the problem with this movie is it goes, it kind of reestablishes a more interesting visual aesthetic, but part of the, the reason for that is because they pretty much get rid of all of the cars and just get computer models of cars. And in 2009, was that when this was made? I don't know. Yep. Uh, CGI was not quite there yet, so the cars all look really fake. What are you talking and, about? This year of Avatar. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, Never the cars in that movie look fake as shit. You know? I know. Yeah, Justin, Justin Lin spent uh, 12 years um, creating Fast and Furious. Yeah, Richard Linklater, eat your heart out. Wow, there you go. So yeah, it, it's it's one of these, like it's got a, I don't know, it's got some dumb plots, like Letty dies immediately, Michelle Rodriguez's character just kind of dies in the movie just really early on, and yeah, it's like, like well, off camera that's too. A, yeah, and yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, and I mean, this will come into play later on. But it turns into, again, they have another nondescript bad guy. The Fast and Furious franchise has the worst bad guys, certainly to the early movies. They kind of get a little bit better later on. But they just really, there's not a memorable bad guy in the first four to five films. Um, and he's just he's just another drug dealer, quote unquote. And he's just he's basically just a South American man in a shirt. And that's basically it. But the, the the key to this movie is that they don't know exactly which one is the main bad guy, even though it's really fucking obvious who it is. But they don't know. They have a name, but they don't know who it is. And then it turns yeah. out it is the guy. And it's like, this isn't exactly like Kaiser fucking Soze. This is pretty obvious who it was, but no one else figured it out until they explicitly tell you in the movie. Um, yeah, all, yeah, that's, all the bad that's guys are like... All the bad guys in... <clears throat> The franchise are like uh, when you do uh, like create a player on like a sports game. It's like create a bad guy. 
uh, and that's that's about it. That that is pretty much it. Yeah, um, and this one this one just set up the, the the antagonism because Paul Walker almost beats Vin Diesel in a race, but then Vin Diesel nudges his car off the road because Vin Diesel's got like he's not just technically good at racing; he's like street smart or some shit. I think that's what they're trying to say. He's also There's family, sequence. Jack. It's family. There's a sequence in here that that I, I like. Uh, it's like what is it like a bus that's like tumbling over or a truck that's on fire and he has to like time it and yeah the, go that's under. the opening scene the fuel tanker right yeah they're uh, the fuel it's like the living daylight it's only way more gnarly I I actually and have a question you're thinking about license to stolen. kill my good sir it's license stolen. to kill yeah I bring it up because it's stolen right from the rock which is uh, I mean it's a good scene in the rock where um uh. Uh, Sean Connery has to sneak back into the rock, the titular, mm-hmm. and he has to time the fire and goes through it. Okay, I, it's a I, great homage. I to, have a question. Uh, um, Michael Bay, who Justin Lin um, takes after a little bit. Sean, my favorite Ed Harris movie. Answer this for me, because this is something <laughs> that I noticed in the fourth movie, and it it continues to to pop up throughout the series. Why does okay? First of all, Vin Diesel's a fucking asshole because he just like murdered this truck driver. Uh, also, why does every single truck driver in this series carry like a fucking shotgun? Why is that a thing? Why, dude, why, so, why they, is they every truck driver them, armed in a team? They run into these fights. Well, they, why are the truck drivers so invested? Because that's like in the first movie and in, and in this one. It's like the, tr- like the truck driver they're robbing here is in the Dominican Republic. He's just hauling some gasoline. Yeah, why what the he fuck does he care? And leave? What does yeah. he give a shit? It's insured. Yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. But yeah, all these truck drivers are like, oh yeah, we have, we have giant guns that we're going to shoot at you. But also, what does he have like a pet iguana in the cab with him? Is it like yeah. that too? It's a character quirk. He probably showed up on set, and uh, <laughs> Justin's like, "That's a great idea." <laughs> well, and and this this movie does have the opening truck sequence, as ridiculous as it is to have truck drivers carrying shotguns. I I, I kind of came to the conclusion that I hate this movie because one, the timeline thing really fucking pisses me off, uh, and it's not explained well at all. Um, but in addition to that. I realize that these movies are at their best when they're either going with the heist angle or just pretending to be Mad Max. But all the stuff oh, in between, yeah. all the downtime, it's all horrible. It's all just the, the unwatchable plot, it, trash. Yeah, the plot here is terrible. Like, the plot here is, is it's almost like a Hardy Boys book. Like, literally, <laughs> uh, Vin Diesel goes to investigate uh, the, the crash site where his girlfriend dies, and he, like, sniffs the road, and he, like, recognizes this one engine additive like that only one car in the state uses yeah that's like that is the 2009 equivalent of like a baddie leaving a box of matches with the name of the strip club he hangs out with like <laughs> right. at the scene of the crime it is like the lamest plot device vin yeah. diesel's also at uh, one point shot in the shoulder and he just turns around like he's not even in pain <laughs> he's just irritated it's that that that's just oh happening. yeah that's a steven seagal trick you know yeah. where the bullet yeah. to the shoulder so like oh well that's inconvenient yeah i'm gonna say i didn't hate this movie entirely because uh, it's fun to see you know kind of rampaging revenge movie vin diesel that was a nice change of pace uh but it is incomprehensible at times. Like the the <laughs> finale, the finale action sequence. I, the cave. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what was happening. It was just so poorly edited. It's just like gibberish. 
It was like a video game cutscene, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I literally could not follow it. I was like, okay, what, I mean, I know what happened, but I don't know what. Like and, all of a sudden, just like the the heavy just kind of popped out of nowhere, and 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 from a plot perspective, again, it's like the best way to smuggle things over the border is to drive ostentatious sports cars at speed across the desert into a hidden tunnel. <laughs> Like, yeah, and I had you know, like a artificial clock at everything. Like the gate's gonna close in five, <laughs> four. Three. It's like why? Why is this happening? Now? That's right. Yeah, they have they have the GPS system for the race to because again they have to do a race to get their position, like to get their position with the criminal gang. And the GPS is like a video game itself, and it has like ladies in scan, like in in short shorts, like egging on the drivers to get to the checkpoints. And this is happening in the movie. Like, it's such a bizarre thing to include, and it's not cool, and it's not clever. It just looks really odd. It's like, again, this feels... Like, all these films, are they're not hip or cool at all. Certainly not, again, the first four films. I think we take the unifying uh, kind of block. These films are not... They're like for youth culture, but look like they were very aggressively styled by men who have teenage kids that they don't talk to a lot. <laughs> I feel yeah. like they should have just called this movie Too Fast, Too Furious because it's just the sequel they seem to want to have made to the, the first movie. And it's kind of the same plot as Too Fast, Too Furious. It's just, they basically remade it. And it's a little better than that. But it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. fair. I'm a fan of that foot chase, though, in the beginning with uh, oh, Paul yeah. Also That's terribly great. <laughs> Yeah, no, the the editing in this movie is, like Adam was saying, it God really damn it, Jack. comprehensible. <laughs> oh, did the buzzer go? The buzzer's buzzing. Here, let me turn it up. Wait, here we go. This is going to be terrible. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what we Does that mean? mean it's time? It's, it's time, baby. All right, we're moving on. Um, Fast Five. Where's the Furious? I don't know. So this is the ocean movie with The Rock. Uh, Jake, tell, tell me about it. All right. All right, here's let's get real here, people. All right, pull up your socks and whip out your cocks. All right, this is the turning point in the series. All right, we have everyone is reuniting for this amazing magnum opus of a film. You got you got your Han from Tokyo Drift. You got Tedge and uh, Roman from Too Fast, Too Furious. And if we're gonna talk analogies. This is this is like uh, Ocean's Eleven if every character was played by Brad Pitt. You know what I'm talking about? All right, everyone goes down to Rio and they're gonna rob this uh i don't know some kind of criminal drug dealer drug dealer just drug quote dealer. unquote again another, another drug dealer he's got a safe full of money that safe is these secure. guys hate drugs meanwhile <laughs> there's also a uh a dss agent on the on the prowl played by Dwayne the rock johnson and he is like a human wrecking ball and he's determined to get uh he's a human sweating uh, ball yeah, he's determined to get vint- – okay, so here's the thing. They shot it in Rio, which I'm sure is a very beautiful and hot country, And but the only character sweating is The Rock, and he figures, all right, you know what? I'm going to sweat for everybody in this movie, so he's the only one who's really sweating. He sweats indoors. He sweats in his office. He sweats everywhere. Like, I want to – I, I want malaria. I want to interview the PA who had to sponge his forehead right before they did a scene. Anyway, misted him down. Anyways, this movie kind of abandons the car racing altogether. Like, there's one implied race, but it cuts away to it because we know how it's going to turn out and they win the car. But basically, the movie is they're going to steal a safe full of money from this drug dealer. And they're going to do it in the best way possible 
by chaining two chains to two of their muscle cars and the other ends of the chains to the safe and drive it through the streets of Rio to safety. Oh, yeah. And it's the greatest thing you'll ever see. And it's some obscene amount of money, too. It's like, this drug dealer keeps a hundred billion dollars in his safe. It's like, why is he doing that? You know, it just seems like you put that in a bank account somewhere. <laughs> it's interesting. Trust banks, uh, Steve. Listen, it's, it's know, interesting. He, you can trust credit unions though. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you should have stuffed all his money in mattresses and they should have just dragged mattresses down the streets of Rio. It probably it's how much, or how much they work to, um, you know, stop drug dealers or, or kill them or whatever. To, uh, putting into them like there's no there's no uh part of their lives that that express their hatred of drugs like they're they're not avenging any sort of like drug related death or anything well it feels like a good portion of the characters in the first film were were certainly perhaps not explicitly because of the ratings board but they, they were using drugs <laughs> Anyways, yeah, well, th- I've, this. Oh, go ahead, Jack. Okay, okay, Jake. I'm just gonna say, okay, because I feel it's fair to say this movie is the rebirth of the franchise, like Jake says. And I'm gonna say the reason you can really make this patently clear is because it is the fifth film, of the franchise. It is the first one that does not feature a sequence of girls making out with each other. That is true. That is 100. That's true. right. That's right. This is the most progressive film ever made. Very and progressive. It contains some stellar action set pieces. I mean, the safe vault dragging at the end is beautiful, but how about that opening train heist where they practically derail a train on camera by crashing a car into it so they can break inside of it? Is that not amazing or what? Yeah, and, and they break into a train with cars so they can steal cars, which That's is pretty right. cool. And they have that weird truck that, like, takes the cars off the train and then drops them into the desert. It's uh, That's the, the only, perhaps in the entire franchise, the, the absolute standout action sequence for me. Yeah. And, oh, and here's I the mean, thing I think that I really like. I think this is like sort of an ideal. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, the thing that I really like about this movie is it feels like they wrote the opening train heist sequence, and then they wrote the end sequence where they're like, yeah, we want Vin Diesel and Paul Walker to literally drag a giant safe through the, the streets of Rio. And then they just kind of like filled in the rest with movie, and that that stuff didn't matter. But it's like bookended by these two amazing sequences, which are, in my opinion, definitely the two best things in the whole franchise. But yeah, go ahead, Sean. Oh, I was just gonna say, like blanket statement, like this is sort of um, more or less what I want out of my action movies. Like, not only is it like um, it has some good set pieces and and whatnot, and and it's and it's exciting, and it has like a a decent cast, blah, 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 and it's, like, assured. But it, it is progressive in terms of representation. Like, the whole the whole uh, series is, and um, like Jack said, it sort of ditches some of the more, like, sophomoric uh, stuff about, like, girl, like up girls' skirts and, and the making out and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting to think that, like, you know, uh, in, a, in an ideal world, even, like, the bad movies would be... Uh, progressive in terms of representation mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah it's a step forward I, w- I would say the other thing that's kind of nice about this film i mean i gotta admit okay i think the first four fast furious movies are at their very best they're just about passable as entertainment that's about as good as they get fast five is actually entertaining it like i really enjoyed this movie it's dumb but it never lets up it just keeps rolling and um, 
And what I like about this movie, and certainly would really distinguish it from the previous movies, is this has a lot of really good practical car effects. They brought the cars back in and started smashing them into each other. And That's it makes right. a huge it makes a huge difference to the way that King plays out. They and they gleefully it's like the it's like the, the conclusion to, to the Blues brothers over and over again. They just crash cars, Conzi's just smash it's like They it's also like kill a ton of people. Even they with guns. It's it's kind of weird that they do that because um it's which movie opens was it is is it this one that opens with the escaping where they where they free Vin Diesel from prison or is that the next one maybe that's the next one I can't no that's remember. this one where they they crash the bus full of prisoners yeah, crash, and I'm like yeah, gee hope those the, prisoners are okay yeah no in the news yeah because they flip a prison bus and it literally like it rolls like. 50 times hey. down the road, smashing in debris everywhere. And then they have a news report that says no one was harmed. It's like, how did they plan that? Well, listen, well, you know also, you know who's on that bus? Drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also, <laughs> in the car chase at the end with the safe, uh, all the police in, are chasing after them, and they're using the safe <laughs> to smash it into police cars. And uh, Vin, Vin Diesel's sister gets on the horn and says, guys, you've got every corrupt cop in the city after you. As if it's, you know, they're saying it's okay if these people I was like, get what? <laughs> I believe yeah. corrupt is just code for foreign and not one of us. <laughs> kill them. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. say, I, I don't know, It's it's this is the best movie in the franchise. You could say it reinvented the franchise, except I don't really like what comes after it much more than I like what came before it. But for a brief moment, this was a fun franchise. Uh, it's still preposterously dumb, though. It's like, it is Ocean's Eleven, but it's Ocean's Eleven if instead of uh, actually considering the roles of each character, they're like, we need to assemble a team. A driver, a driver, a driver, a driver, and a driver. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven if everyone that was involved was deprived of oxygen for an extended period of time. <laughs> and, if, and if instead of sipping martinis, they all just swigged Corona. <laughs> Also, uh, Ludacris is not a driver. He's a a mechanic. Yeah, Yeah, Ludacris turns into the tech, like the super hacker. Yeah, he's a super hacker at this moment for no reason. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's sitting at the computer. But now we can hack everything. He's sitting at the computer setup that uh, the same same setup that John Travolta gave Jack Human in Swordfish. (laughs) That's right. He's got six screens and a desktop. Good Swordfish reference. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, anything else you want to say about Fast Five, other than it's the best? If you're going to watch hey. one Fast and Furious movie, this is the one to oh, watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you're sure. free to jump in here, too. Don't worry about the mythology, quote-unquote, about the rest of the films. Yeah, it's all just stupid have, as fuck. Just have fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, think, this one is an okay villain, too. I mean, he doesn't do a ton, but he's kind of charismatic. Man. And he's not only that, remember. but for the first half, too, The Rock is the best villain in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the addition of The Rock was smart. The, he, yeah. Because he's got the career. Because The Rock can act. He actually has screen presence. He yeah. he pulls this whole thing up pretty much by himself. He elevates it, and then when he switches sides, as it becomes enemy of my enemy kind of material, he's a very welcome addition here. Because he's yeah. as, even though he's sweating like a, a like pedophile in a Barney suit, I guess, as they say. What? As who says? As who says? Literally no one has said that. Is that, that. an Irish expression? <laughs> this is... Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Too many blighted potatoes, Jack. That's the title of the episode right there. Pedophile in a Barney suit. That's good. No, that, that'll go over well. That's the kind of audience. Yeah. But anyway, he sweats a lot. Like yeah. some of these, you know, worried he's going to get caught for something. Yeah. And when he but plays, anyway, he's <laughs> great. 
And when he fights Vin Diesel, it's like two big penises going at it. <laughs> oh, God. Two big old oh. dongs rolling around on the ground, hitting each other yeah. with pipe Except wrenches. when he goes... Wait, is it in 6 that he... Where he comes in and there's like the Vin Diesel body double? Uh, what? The body <laughs> no, double... Six, hey, hey, oh, Sean, oh, speaking six. of 6... I love it's that time. we watched these movies like in the last two weeks and you still can't keep them fucking. Oh, I just watched six like before this. <laughs> I don't know, like all of these blend together. They're basically one movie. They're I, just so cohesive. Six, six I, I has even the, dop- the doppelganger crew, if that's right, what you're talking yeah. about. Well, that was like the beginning where you think the rock has caught Vin Diesel and then it turns out to just be some goofy looking British guy who oh, yeah, that is kind guy. of a flabby Vin Diesel lookalike. Throws, throws into the ceiling. You guys think yeah. if, if we get to yeah. 10 in this franchise that it'll be kind of like a decalogue for the new, for a new generation? Because <laughs> that's what I was there, thinking. There are 10 planned, apparently. Vin Diesel says he, he wants to make two more after eight. Like yeah. that's... And, he, and he keeps saying that they're going to win Best Picture. <laughs> uh, God, well, help us all. <laughs> And then I, I hope that they do like ridge. extended versions. I hope that they do extended versions like a short film about killing and love, like, yeah, where they me. they chuck on like an extra hour to six or something. I'm hoping that, think, that Lars von Trier jumps movies, in for nine. Yeah, do you think one of these movies could make Poland reconsider the capital punishment? <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, I, and in terms of winning best picture, look, Hacksaw Ridge can get a nomination. Fucking fast oh, yeah. five is. Endlessly. Oh, better, Fast Five so. is worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. My notes for Furious Six open with aggressive glow popping. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about Fast and Furious Six. Um, not much to say here. It's the sixth one. Also, there's some discrepancies about what the name of this movie actually is, which is kind of weird for a movie that probably made hundreds of millions of dollars worldwide. Myros, what the fuck is going on with this? Uh, I don't know. They probably couldn't edit the title or the film because th- this is. Uh, as overstuffed a film as I've ever seen. It's just, uh, it labors under its own weight tremendously. They, they try to pivot yet again and get away from that sort of lighthearted, uh, heist film and into this hard boiled action film where it's a uh, vehicular warfare and it's, it's a slog. I really dislike this film. Talk talk uh, about talk about the title though. Like what we we tried to figure this out earlier and we couldn't. Figure MDB it out. says original title is Furious Six. Yeah, and I've seen it labeled Fast Six as well. And uh, but yeah, it's Fast and Furious Six. I think in the credits. That, or no, well, I think it's actually Fast and Furious Six on the poster, and it's Fast Six in the opening credits. And Furious Six is the original title. So, <laughs> fuck these people. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good that's a good allegory for the way the script for this went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah, way for the way they planned these sequels went. It's yeah, like, but like uh, what is even the plot of this? They have to get back Michelle Rodriguez because the series yeah. was in desperate need of her. They hadn't just yeah. introduced a, a far better uh, love interest for Vin Diesel in the last movie. They, La just, Familia. They needed to Vin immediately reintroduce in this. Because <laughs> like, Vin Diesel just replaces his women in this. Yeah. Like, Letty dies and he picks up another woman and then in he like just 10 like minutes. finds out his old girlfriend's <laughs> alive and he's like, sorry, bye, done. Yeah, and you know, Michelle Rodriguez is a terrible actress and a terrible character, mm-hmm. so I don't think many in the audience are really rooting for this. Uh, but, and again, they find it with 
with with again the shittiest plotting in the world. R- Michelle Rodriguez shoots Vin Diesel, and Vin Diesel takes notice this time, but only because it's a really bad plot device. Because she shoots him with a super rare type of bullet from a super rare gun that only Adamantium? one is for sale in London, and they can track them down from that. <laughs> Which, again, why not just have a matchbox with the name of the garage they hang out and fall out of someone's pocket? Just make it simple for Something everyone. Like that. They Weren't use, they, they also use... trying to, uh, like, buy their house back in this one, which is also fucking really stupid? Like, we're living in, like, an island paradise, but it's not home. I gotta buy my fucking house hey. and garage and the projects. Hey, man, they don't, they don't want to buy their house. Yeah, the Canary yeah. Islands just doesn't have the smog that Vin Diesel's used to huffing. It's not that they don't want to buy their house back. They just want to get immunity to come back to the States. But they just buy their fucking house back. Stealing $100 million worth of... They cram the whole crew into Vin Diesel's old fucking house. It doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) But this movie does have a really great set piece that Myros doesn't even remember. No, because this movie is insufferably long and repetitive, and there's like 25 action set pieces. It's right in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about the time I went catatonic. <laughs> I will. I, I mean, I feel. I think I'm probably going to pick out a different set piece for this because I thought the best set piece is probably actually involved Michelle Rodriguez and was her fight with the other actress who I can't remember her name, but she's like an oh. MMA. Yeah, uh-huh. Gina Carano. She's a good yeah, ad in this. Yeah, no, I think that that was a great, and I thought it was really fun because we're talking about like dumb movies being weirdly progressive. I thought it was really fun that they intercut this scene of these two women beating the shit out of each other and they're like good fighters in this film that's the the way they're edited it's like they're both really good at fighting and it's intercut with han and tyrese the two men being basically idiots who can't really they're like just fumbling and they're getting the shit kicked out of them by one guy so it's like that interesting yeah interesting interplay there that kind of the women are genuinely more kick-ass at this point i thought that was an interesting point to to put in Uh Fun fact, that one guy who's on the enemy team, the Asian guy, he's the the leader of the squad team in the raid. Yeah, and he's horribly underused in this movie in terms of what he's probably capable of doing. I know. As part of uh, Han and Tyrese looking like idiots, uh, they also, in one scene, um, in a way that doesn't seem like winky, uh, which I'm glad that it it didn't play that way, but they they, uh, have a conversation that quickly subverts... uh, Stereotypes about uh, Asian and African American penises. Is this this penis thing you've been talking about for like three days? <laughs> Get your penis stuff out. <laughs> no, it, it's just nice. Like they're talking about like wait, the uh, penis is nice. Treat... Tell me about it. I can't. It, so they're trying to talk about like um, Drew, like how to treat a woman or something like that, like how to make them happy, and it's like buying jewelry and all that stuff or something like that. How to attract good like, penis moves. And, that's a you start. just win cars and you win them, right? That's how that works. No, okay, so they're talking about like having like all of this like jewelry or all of this like bling, I guess. And um, uh, he's like, well, Tyrese is like, well, you got to either have that or you know something else has to be big. You know what I mean? And then um, Han goes, oh, is that why you have so much bling on your car or something like that? So Tyrese has a small dick. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. They do, okay, they do okay. some other. Well, they do some other weird. Well, one of the other bits that I thought was weirdly probably meant to be subversive, but wasn't really. Is there's this one scene where Michelle Rodriguez, I think, and Gal Gadot is at the. She's Wonder Woman now, but she kind of gets. She started in Fast Fears Four. She was introduced. There's one scene where they go to interrogate a guy to get a lead, 
and the mm-hmm. guys are like, how are we going to interrogate him? And uh, the, she's just like, he's a man, basically implying that she's so sexy that she, she'll she just tell her what she needs. And then her and Michelle Rodriguez go up to him, and then they just beat the shit out of him, which I'm pretty sure the guys could have done too. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not sure if that's progressive or not. They were like expecting them to like seduce him, but they literally just, they just walk up to him and beat the piss out of him. You know, Sean, I was a little disappointed in your penis story. I thought, like, there was going to be a scene where, like, Tyrese and the Asian guy are just, like, comparing dick sizes or something. They're, like, standing at a urinal. Yeah, like, look at each other. Look at your penis, It might sound silly. Like It might sound silly, like, me describing it, but it's it's a joke that, like, could have easily gone the other way. Like, that was, like, that was the joke that would have written itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in... Furia 6 unrated would have to contain any dick measuring. Uh, or Fast 6 unrated or Fast <laughs> and Furious 6 unrated. Um, uh, I would say this is like, for me, Sean was talking about how uh, Tyrese almost salvaged two for him. And that's kind of how this was for me. Like, he had a lot of legitimate humor that actually kind of worked and broke up this sort of dour, super important tone that this film had for no fucking reason at all. And yeah, God bless Tyrese in this film. Well, yeah. we should... We should mention uh, before we get buzzed that the uh, the great set piece is like the the bridge, the bridge scene where uh, um, Vin Diesel catches Michelle Rodriguez in this impeccable timing in midair and then lands on a car that's just sitting there and then and then they uh, they start they start talking like they're like just woke up from. <laughs> I'm like we're just gonna ignore morning. the buzzer. Are we allowed to do that now? No. Yeah, it's like the Oscars. La La Land won Best Picture. <laughs> Furious Seven. Where's the fast, Jack? Where? where the, oh, the, this is the working is, title. This fa- this film is, is fast. It's furious. It is a film. It's everything. Um, it's this honestly. Uh, next to Fast Five, this would be my recommendation if you want to watch another one. This is the most gloriously nonstop retarded film I have ever seen. It yeah. just. It never lets up. There is something happening at all times. This is just like all of the outtakes of action sequences from every other movie made that year, just edited together with Vin Diesel gurning over the whole thing. It's just kind of amazing. Um, but this this is the first, honestly, this is the first Fast and Furious movie I think that actually has a good villain, and that villain is Jason Statham. I guess excluding The Rock in Fast Five, but he's not really a villain. We know he's not really a villain. He's kind of sympathetic to the cause. This is the first one that really introduces it. This uh, movie brings us back into the timeline. This happens right after Tokyo Drift. Han died in Tokyo Drift. And honestly, based on everything that happened in parts four, five, and six, that Han survived, he really died like a bitch in part three. Like, he's just literally, he just gets T-boned and his car flips a couple of times and he's dead. And it's like, yeah, it looks like bullshit. It's like Han died from that. Like, but he was flying through the air in a fucking car with a parachute or something. Like, it's how did that kill him? But it was Jason kind of Statham, fun how they had uh, this. This really breaks the trend of having every movie end with Han going. Oh, so where are you going now, Han? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Tokyo. Uh, I guess I'll get there eventually. It's like I'm so waiting. He's probably going to come back. I mean, like, why not? I would. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in another one later on. But he was also brainwashed into the evil side. I don't even... That's yeah, yeah. We didn't even talk about how Letty had amnesia in the previous one, and she had to be re 
convinced of hanging out with Vin Diesel. But what? Vin Diesel and everyone in this movie is so fucking forgettable. Oh, Amnesia hardly even seems to be a necessary part of the script for her to forget she hang out with <laughs> oh, people. <man. laughs> like, but um, what I like about Fear 7 is like it's got a great opening scene, which is Jason Statham, who's introduced in the credits for the last film. We, we knew like he was geared up to be the villain. He's the brother of the villain of, of the last film. And he's like, he's the next level, like, the guy, the villain in, Fury, in in the sixth film is like, oh, he's the baddest-ass British super-secret Asian badass motherfucker in the world. And then literally this one is just like, yeah, it's that guy, but it's his older brother. <laughs> That's literally the setup for him being even more badass than the last guy. Well, you don't have to set it up. He's fucking Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, and, he's, and he is just Jason Statham. And it's, there's a great <laughs> opening scene in this movie, and it's basically Jason Statham has trashed a whole hospital simultaneously. We don't even see how, but literally he's calling them and he's like giving him a warning, like I'm gonna come and kill you. And he leaves this hospital, and every like the hospital is just blown to bits, and there's dead bodies strewn everywhere. And he's only, it was him. He did it all. I don't know how. He's some kind of, like I don't know how he did that. And then later on, gets beaten up by Vin Diesel with a fucking monkey wrench. How did this happen? It doesn't make any sense. But that's that's what this franchise is all about. And um, but this movie just has, it is up to eleven. Everything. The ridiculousness of the set pieces in in the sixth one, this just goes even further. At yeah. one point, The Rock parks an ambulance on a drone to disable. He drives it off, off a bridge and just lands on a drone and everything <laughs> blows up. And then The Rock gets out of that as if like the explosion was just like a punctuation <laughs> to his parking. And he just shows up. And that's and that's cool. This and the franchise continues with like in part six, how this this misnomer that cars are somehow soft and they cushion your fall should you land on one, which is not accurate. <laughs> and the American Medical Association would not back that up at all. If you land on a car that will hurt. Is this, I mean, they do. Lot. They do run those those disclaimers in front of the each movie, which gets progressively more stupid. Where they're just like, "Yeah, you, don't do this stuff at home, kids." It's like, "Don't do what? Like drive a car out of a jet plane and parachute to the ground? I think I can handle that." <laughs> yeah, don't Myros, do that. Skyscraper. Myros, what, what? What did you call this movie, Myros? I don't remember what. I can't think back. I think These you said it was something like. You said something like it was the worst Mission Impossible sequel or oh, something? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's the very worst Mission Impossible film like you'll it, ever see. It feels well, like the A-Team movie. The A-Team movie had a flying tank, and this one just has flying cars. So, honestly, they could they could have gone further on that one, to be honest. It, it also continued the uh, hopefully continuous trend of uh, two women uh, having their own like fight. Yeah, they have they have a great. Actually, I really like that that they they go to Abu Dhabi at some point and they go to Prince and they rumble his his penthouse suite apartment. But he's got a cadre of bodyguards that are all female bodyguards and like hijabs or niqabs. I I'm not sure what exact headpiece they're they're wearing. But like literally, it's it's such a fantastic like B movie exploitation trope that he's just got a gang of these women protecting him. And yeah, it's, and one it's of them like, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and then Ronda Rousey is kind of separate out, and she and they, again Michelle Rodriguez has this pretty solid fight action scene with just two women brawling, and it's not like it's not like pulling hair and all that other bullshit that women have been kind of denigrated to in action movies for so long, where they just like pull each other's hair and slap each other. Like it's a full on proper brawl. It's every bit as involved stunt wise as anything that the guys do. Um, yeah, this movie is. I, I really enjoy this movie. It's absolutely ridiculous. At every single point, there's no point where you look at this movie and you go, that's plausible. Nothing. 
<laughs> right down to the fact that Vin Diesel... Actually, you know what? It is plausible that Vin Diesel would actually turn down a Belgian ale for a fucking Corona. That is actually plausible, so I take that back. There's no, there, there's one plausible thing in this movie, and that's it. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, anybody else got anything they want to say about Furious 7? Well, it is. it did very crucially uh, reintegrate uh, Lucas Black into the series. That's yeah. the best cut because you, if you thought, thought he looked old in Tokyo Drift, now, how's, his, how's his hairline now? Like, oh, he gains ten school. years in one scene. Oh well, God. yeah, I watched them in chronological, and it, and it mostly works except uh, Vin Diesel's gained about fifty pounds. <laughs> so watching three is just like cut young Vin Diesel, then you cut back, and it's like turkey necked Vin Diesel. <laughs> what did you I live Myros, my life did you one think? quarter pounder at a time? What? <laughs> What did you think of Seven, Myros? I don't even remember much of it. It was fine. It was just like it was much more brisk than Six. It was certainly more successful for me than that film was, but it didn't stand out really in any aspect. I thought most of the things I was excited about the movie were kind of underutilized. Uh, Kurt Russell primarily. Oh yeah. Um, Jason mm-hmm. Statham was. Good though he's certainly the most compelling villain. Uh, he's a weird I villain. Yeah, yeah. He's, but he's he, an odd. I was, I was just saying, like, he's a weird villain because he's not like they do this enemy of an enemy thing. But like Jason Statham is a villain. He's he's not even like the main bad guy for a lot of the film, and he just keeps showing up again to interrupt while they intervene with other bad guys. It's like see, this is a movie so this is a movie that's so scatological ADHD stuff is happening that literally the bad guys interrupt other stuff that's happening, even though they should be front and center. See, that's where the movie... God's Eye thing, which didn't... didn't, No, thank you. Right, that's where the movie falls apart for me, and I like it a little less than six, because of... Because it would have been great just to have a film where it's Jason Statham trying to kill everyone in the crew for revenge on Fast Six. Fine. But then it introduces Jaimon Hansu in this God's Eye satellite, which is really just kind of feels unnecessary in in the realm of things, and... Um, but yeah, I think it, it ultimately bogs the film down for me, and that's why I like six a little bit more than seven. Because it brings in it brings in a sexy female hacker counterpart to Ludacris, though. Yeah, so that's, that's right. That's that's true. vitally important. Ooh, I, I literally oil? forgot uh, that Jaimon Hansu was in this. Uh, yeah, they all blend together, but he shouldn't be in this. The movie would be better if they would have just excised Jaimon Hansu in that whole arc because it was just uh, well, yeah, it just took away yeah. from Statham's screen time. <laughs> They have and Tony also, Jaw as one of his bad guys, one of his henchmen too, and I think Tony Jaw, they, he, that was pretty good. He's he's always a good person to have in there because they just have a big fight. Although I don't know why Paul Walker is so good at fighting. They never feels, really clarified. He feels more ra- wasted than the raid guy from Part Six. He gets know? to do more in this movie. His fight on the bus in in Seven is better than the the underground fight in Six. I mean, it's got better choreography at least. It's it's Maybe. a more involved fight scene. They're both obviously clearly totally underutilized because they're just bit part people. It's like Donnie Yen showing up in a Star Wars movie, and it's like, well, this will be a waste of time, but whatever. He's probably earning more for this than anything else he's ever done in his career. <laughs> I think would we would we be remiss to not mention anything about uh, Paul Walker dying midway through shooting this movie? Oh yeah, so explain explain to the the listening audience here how because Paul Walker's in this movie, yeah, uh-huh. but he's and they never even kill him off. I kept waiting for them yeah. to kill him off. That's, yeah, that's Any what minute. I was waiting for too. Yeah, so that's because you're a bad person, Adam. Well, you I mean, we know that. La Familia. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so did they also write off uh, Jordana Brewster? Then is she just gone now? 
Yeah, probably. Looks like they're really painting themselves into a corner there. I got. I got to admit, um, the the finale that where they they kind of drive away is honestly kind of touching, and that made me feel like maybe. Yeah. Maybe like that felt like they kind of betrayed me, like they 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 short circuited my brain and made me feel feelings for garbage. And but there was felt... like no lead up to it though. It no, was there just wasn't. Like, very abrupt, like and now and be... he's gone. He's riding off the sun. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, like in twenty, thirty years time, if anyone happens to be looking back on this movie and doesn't have the knowledge going in that this actor died, it's gonna be a very weird finale to the film. Mm-hmm. So it's very strange. Yeah. So what what are they going to do for Fast Eight? Are they gonna is is it going to be like a Carrie Fisher CGI bullshit situation where they just like he's not going to be in it. Lucas oh, no, Black, he's... baby. Oh, oh okay. God, that's right. We got Gomer Pyle. <laughs> Gomer. They should have a they should open casting to find the like someone less charismatic than Lucas Black and give him a shot. <laughs> I, well, they I managed hope, to find someone less charismatic than Paul Walker in Lewis Black. <laughs> I hope that I hope they find Lewis Black. Lewis Black. You know the problem with these cars is you're driving them too fast, and you never know where you're going. Uh, I hope they find a way to like incorporate like a NASCAR race, like it's like it's part of a set piece, and one of them like lands in like a race, Listen, like mid race. That was already and, like, perfected in the Final Destination film series. We can never go back to. NASCAR. I thought so. I for some reason I was like picturing like a Final Destination. Yeah. Something that confused me about this movie is why do they always have Christian funerals for everyone? Like Han, it's a, clearly a Christian funeral. I mean, maybe okay, maybe he's Korean. That's a Christian nation, but he hangs out in Japan all the time. Also, but Didn't it's you sort see of that weird. fucking cross also, Vin Diesel's always rocking? He's fucking in, he's brought him all to the Catholic Church, man. Vin Diesel <laughs> Vin Diesel presumably flew to Japan to steal Han's remains from his family so that he could bury him in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Also, I you know, Jack, I I want you to realize that part of you know, part of being a, a crucial cog in La Familia is about accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So <laughs> I feel that's like you got to kiss a crucifix and like sink a Corona and you're in. <laughs> that's part of it too. But so yeah, we were talking about uh, you know the analog to be drawn between the first Fast and Furious and Triple X State of the Union, or I'm sorry, not State of the Union, Return of Xander Cage. Uh, and this this film kind of brings it full circle in having uh, a very similar sort of MacGuffin to uh, that film with oh, the yeah, God's the eye and the stupid satellite, satellite uh, nonsense. Satellite of love. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It all comes. Speaking of which. Yeah, these these guys are all about crazy satellite surveillance. Okay, are we just done? We're not We're done. Anything else now? We're done. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit all the other buttons. Good night, right everybody. Now. And that's it. Da 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 da. Okay. We did it, you guys. We did it. We did the Fast and the Furious. All right. So I think the best way to close this out is real quick. Again, in in the interest of quick timing and whatnot, sixty seconds or less. Worst Fast and Furious. Best Fast and Furious. Jack, we'll start with you. Go. Okay. Since everyone else is going to say Fast Five, which is the best one, I'm going to say Fast Seven. I'm going to give it a, a nod as the second best, or certainly as almost as good as the first one. For worst, Too Fast, Too Furious, fucking sucks balls consistently. There you go, uh, Sean. Five and two. 
Five and two, not not even not six. All that penis stuff you've been talking about for the past three weeks. It's That's not one scene. You. Okay, that I thought I res- I respect that scene. I think it's interesting. No, <laughs> Sean. Apparently, listen, listen. I tell this isn't the place to bring informed discussions no. or provocative conversation. Listen, I want what you the to hell know. Made you think this is the place for that? Every single person <laughs> I meet on the street, I tell them Sean Glynis respects the dick. That's what I tell them. Every single person. Uh, yeah, RTD. 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 Uh, <laughs> Jake, go ahead. Um, well, definitely five is the best, two is the worst, but I will say six is almost as worthy as five for me. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Adam Myros. Uh I'm going to echo Jack in saying that, yeah, five is probably the best, but I'm going to give my vote to Tokyo Drift. Because uh, <laughs> that, that's some fun shit. I love you are not Tokyo echoing Drift. me. <laughs> well, in saying that we probably uh, both would legitimately vote five, but we want to get a little variety in here. Uh, I did have a surprising amount of fun with three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot shorter. You know, It's the sort of movie I could revisit a lot easier than most of these. Yeah, three just, three, uh, three is kind enough to be 90 minutes. Long. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and the worst, uh, I'm not going to add any variety here because two is, is just the dregs. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, so for me, obviously five is is the best because, you know, dragging a safe through the streets of Rio and killing hundreds upon hundreds of people. Also, you can steal a bazillion dollars or whatever it is. I mean, plus Sweaty the Rock. It's, it's everything it? I look for. Everything I look for in a movie. Uh, worse for me, I'm going to go four, again, for the sake of variety. Uh, also, because I didn't watch two because I didn't have time, so I said, hey, guys, which one of these can I skip? And you all in unison said skip two. Uh, fuck four. I hate this timeline bullshit. It, it, his, um, okay. his sweaty the rock is that sort of like his sweaty teddy like well i guess that would be like sweaty the sweaty the rock <laughs> that's you know none of us mentioned the part in seven where he flexes a cast off his arm yeah Ooh. yeah or drives drives an scene. ambulance into a drone and walks horizontally out of the windshield listen yeah, uh, well, well we the, did the, mention yeah that. we mentioned the yeah, drone we, part well, I mean, you do, there's no point mentioning the flexing the cast off, because honestly, you just have to see that shit in action. It's poetry. It's like right, fucking... right before it, he says, Daddy's got to go to work. That's the biggest problem with that, that movie, is the rock's in it for like 10 minutes, it feels like. See, that's why I, I like rock. six more I need more seven. rock. Yeah. More rock. Six that's what had... we're demanding out of eight. Yeah. Sean, you didn't, you didn't really have any cheesy dad jokes or puns on this episode. I'm a little disappointed. Could you, could you just like throw one out for me? You got one you've been sitting on for a while? Um, I got a joke. Okay, give it to me. Uh, what did zero say to eight? I, I don't know, Sean. What did zero say to eight? Any takers? That's not what he said. I'm asking, like, n- nobody else has a... <laughs> I have no idea. This, I don't think that's how a jokes work. You're just supposed to politely say, okay. no, I don't know. Hey, give me the answer. He said, nice belt. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, Let's end this thing. <laughs> Wow. That's pretty horrible. There you go. Now I got to play that sound effect on the soundboard that I downloaded my phone five minutes before we started the podcast. And speaking of this podcast, if you want to hear more from Optimism Vaccine, you can go to OptimismVaccine.com or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. In fact, that's such a great idea that what you should do is you should go to iTunes and you should give us a five-star rating and leave a review because the more reviews and especially written reviews that we have – uh, the more visible we are to other people on iTunes and the more people discover the show, and then we can slowly take over the world. So please do that. You can also find us on Twitter at Optimism Vaccine, and if you want to tweet at us individually, I'm at Steve Cuff. Sean, where can we find you? MR 
G-L-I-N-I-S. Mr. Glennis? That, that was a really weird way of saying that. Uh, Jake, where do we find you at? At Jake Tropila. All right. Uh, Jack, how about you? I am at Real Jack Eason. Myros, what's your uh, profile look like on OKCupid? Uh, what do you think I know how to use that? God. <laughs> and on that it says, note. <laughs> it says, this is the story of a girl. Cried a river and drowned the whole world. What's the next line? But she something. Uh, looks in photo- at a photograph or something. Absolutely love her when she smiles. Is this like the haste? You should smile more. The song is that what that song is? Oh man, probably. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, I think so. Who sings that? Who the hell knows? <laughs> did I have, did I have a stroke or are we actually talking about that song <laughs> late now? And, and we're still recording. Oh, no, and we're we still to- recording. <laughs> All right, Jake. Last words yours. Doing big things is hard. 